Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of The Natty Scene, which is your insight, your only insight into the world of natural bodybuilding. And this week, uh, we have been joined by a really cool guest, which actually is uh, the, the first guest that we've had in a while, comparative to obviously um, me and Vicky coming on the podcast and doing our M&M updates. Uh, the last guest that we had uh, was Damien, and now we've got Cash. Um, so Akash is, is, is a bodybuilder that I've actually followed uh, for a while and I, I put it up uh, I think about a month or two ago on my story how, I, how highly I rated his blog of his natural bodybuilding prep and then transitioning into his off season because it was just such a simplistic structured blog of what, it exact, what, what exactly it's like to go from start A to end B. And that was superb because a lot of people, including myself, I must admit, have like got halfway through their preps and they're like, okay, actually I might want to start documenting this. Uh, it's yeah. very rare to see like a full-on prep from start to finish with every change and rationale given behind the changes, which makes total sense. Even though I know you were being coached, you still gave the rationale. Um, it, it was a great insight and something that I looked at every single week and I'm sure that plenty of other people should, well, plenty of other people will continue to learn from not only your off-season one, but the one that sits there as your contest prep one. So um, I'm very excited to have Akash on, learn a little bit more about him. Um, so Akash, first off, thank you for coming on and uh, how are you today? I'm doing good, thanks. Thank you for having me on, AG. No worries at all, no worries. So first up, for people that don't know you, who is Akash? Uh, simply, like, what do you do? Where do you come from? How old are you? Um, and what what potentially, again, lead into how, what got you into the sport of, of bodybuilding? Okay, so Akash is uh, an online personal trainer. Um, I run RNT Fitness alongside uh, Adam Haley. Yeah. Um, I'm 25 years old, and I'm from northwest London, uh, oh. Pinner to be exact. Um, how I got into this sport was... Actually, through powerlifting. Um, oh, interesting. So when I was younger, I used to do a lot of sport. I used to play tennis, boxing. I used to do you know sports four or five times a week. Uh-huh. Um, but then when I got to about 17, 18, I realized I was still really skinny. Um, I was 18 years old, uh, 60 kilos, but I wasn't skinny ripped either. I was you know, skinny fat with the moves, the pot belly. So Damn. I decided to join the gym. Well, I took, my friends took me to the gym, started training, and then I just kind of caught the bug. Um, and then through university, I was kind of drawn to the S&C sort of stuff and the powerlifting side of things. So I was always reading, you know, Westside Barbell, Elite FTS. Where did you, know, you study, Akash? Uh, university of Birmingham. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, so I did sports science at the University of Birmingham. How did you find uh, living in Birmingham? Did you enjoy it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it good for student life, but I wouldn't live there after. No, 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 okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's good student life there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a big S&C community there. And you know, I was always drawn to the strength training side of things. I compete, then I competed in a bit of powerlifting okay. after I left university. Um, and then injuries kind of took over. My form was never good in the gym, and you know, it was only until I met Adam actually, and uh, he persuaded me to do a bodybuilding show. Okay. So uh, he took me through an off season, you know, kind of six month off season, and then we started dieting, and that was kind of my first uh, bodybuilding prep. And then ever since then, um, I've been hooked on bodybuilding, and my goals are centered around. You know, building muscle and dropping body fat now. 
Sure, absolutely. So, I mean, a lot of a lot of people get into the sport through different different ways, and obviously, I, I think I find that uh, the 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 things that are quite similar across the board are people like very competitive, um, and tend to stray more to like single. <laughs> A single, like you're the only person that has the main effect on the result in terms of the yeah. sport. So coming from a powerlifting background is quite sort of usual across the board with that in that regard. And um, when it came to bodybuilding and also like competing, did you know about natural bodybuilding from the get go, or did someone else introduce you to it? And th- thus, like, did you did you manage to get along to shows before you did your first show? So yeah, I went to see. Um... It was the BMBF. It was one of the BMBF shows earlier in the season. You know, you start in April, right? Yeah. Sure. I can't remember which one I went to see. Okay. Um, that, but that year, what I did is I was gonna peak for the Central, okay. which is always at the end of July. Uh-huh. But I didn't want to go to the Central not having any stage experience at all. So I did the uh, Southern as well. Ah, I see. Three, I think it was three weeks before. Okay. So that was my first show, mm. just to get some experience. Um, but otherwise, I'd seen I'd seen one BMF show and I'd seen one uh, UK BF, one K one UK BFF show, mm, okay. um, and I knew I didn't want to do anything like that because no. it just wasn't competitive, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But I didn't know too much about natural bodybuilding to to be fair. Okay. Just, I was just looking for a federation that allowed me to compete on a on a level playing field, really. And what would you say? I know that you're an online coach yourself. Like, what would you say? Is the main reason that you decide to stay natural and compete within a drug free environment? Uh, to me, it's the challenge. Okay. Um, I just enjoy, you know, trying to figure things out and seeing how we can, how far we can take the body naturally. Yeah, yeah, and step on stage like right? feeling like it's all you, right? Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what draws me? To, you know, he's mentioned the competitive side of things, but what draws me to bodybuilding is the, is the all-consuming kind of nature of it. Mm-hmm. That's that's really what it is for me, and that's you know that's why I enjoy business and, and bodybuilding is just kind of the natural thing to do if if you like something you know 24 7 all consuming because you know there's no let up right you know you're prepping there's no it's not like powerlifting where you you can get away with certain things outside of training you can't do anything you can't there's no break with bodybuilding yeah there's like i'm sure we'll speak about it as well when we sort of discuss how you transitioned into an off-season but you know i'm a big believer especially now like how i've structured this prep and the way that I've learned from other people speaking to some of the highest level natural bodybuilders at some shows this year, it's like there's no off season, like there's no let up. Like when you are in an off season phase, you need to maximize it. The people that maximize it, the people that continue to tick boxes in their off season tend to be the ones that come back on stage, not only improved, but like they prep on higher calories. They have a better, they have a, they, they have a better time with prep. They have better transitional periods um, so yeah, I think that I, I I'm very much in agreement with that, and I think that's why a lot of people don't fucking do bodybuilding, or at least don't do it right and don't do it optimally, and just do it because they like the gym and they realise, oh okay, actually I can't really be an optimal bodybuilder because I'm not willing to do this 24 hour three six five thing. Right, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, I mean, and after my lot, my first season, that's I made so many mistakes, which is why this year I'm so diligent with it. Yeah. Because after the first, the first show, I um, you know, I did the typical rebound. You know. Yeah, after, I think I read that on your blog. Like, how sweet, how crazy did you go? It wasn't like it wasn't like the crazy stories here, but you know, after six weeks, I was 13 kilos up, okay. and I was already back to back and worse to where I started at. 
Mm. And I just put myself in such a bad position for the off season. And then it was just a cycle of cutting, Mini binging, cutting, yeah. cutting, binging for like a year. It was just I was all over the place for a year. I didn't really make any progress. I was getting injured all the time because my body weight was all over the place, up and down. Damn. I was eating shit foods. You know, you know how it is, right? It's, I don't know if you've been in that place, but your body just doesn't know where it should be sitting. So you, you know, you're picking up injuries left, right, center. It was about 18 months of no progress, really. It's um, interesting, like. I've I've seen clients do this. I don't think I've ever gone full blown fuck up. Um, yeah. The first show that I ever did, I definitely binged after, but I I I binged for like two days, and I was like fuck, I'm done. Yeah, and yeah. then I got straight back to structure. And I think if you do that, that actually, and we'll yeah. talk about it a little bit, I'm sure, but that actually kind of acts as a recovery diet because you for sure. you you overeat so much, you gain like two to three pounds of legit decent weight that's not going to come off and as long as you mentally accept that and you just can like you you bump your calories up a sensible amount start eating with structure that's actually probably one of the best things you can do if you have binged the idea is that you don't binge at all because the relationship with food aspect is not something you want to develop but um you know if you do do like a two-day free meal fuckery yeah. um then just getting back on track after that's probably the best so idea. this year i didn't do any of that i didn't do any uh, free meals after straight after i just yeah. kind of I treat like, you've read it right you just but treat it like it, a normal day yeah a mentality all up there. completely different yeah um, it's all up there it's the same so. it's the same thing with me like after all of my shows i did plenty of shows in 2015 yeah. after all of them i'd have a big meal out have a blowout and eat as much as i could so after every show, even though I had more shows in the season to do, my body weight would go up four or five pounds, and then I'd spend that next week yeah. trying to get that off. It was a horrible mental cycle, whereas this time, I've come home, I've had maybe some extra peanut butter on my, on my oats, woken up probably lighter than my stage yeah. weight, continued dieting, got better and better and better and better. And mentally, oh, I'm like a different person up here. Um, I mean, we'll see. What, like, it's only the proof's going to be in the pudding as to what happens after my final show. Yeah. But I feel like I, I, I don't even need to increase calories drastically. I feel like I need an increase, but I don't feel like I need to do anything drastic. Whereas last time, I was like, oh, I can't wait to get calories up. Yeah. I can't wait to make huge increases. Um, For me, it was, uh, it was more about the energy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was never really about the food. It was more just trying to feel like myself because it was getting to the point where I was planning pee breaks. You know, I was like, you know, when you're sitting on the sofa and you're thinking, I need to pee now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if I can get up and go. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's that kind of thing. You just want the normal behavior to come back. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I know that for both your preps, obviously you had coaches. Now, just, just, just for your first contest prep, what would you say the main things that you took home from that one in terms of the approach for the diet, um, the length that you gave yourself and thus the condition that you got into? Yeah. What what did you learn and, and what did you potentially take into your second prep that you, you knew you wanted to fix and be better so, at? Um, so we did a 17-week prep uh, okay. first season. Um, this was with Adam Haley. Mm-hmm. And... The dieting approach was uh, pretty low fat, higher carb, uh, moderate protein. Um, the actual, the, what I, the mistakes I made weren't really on the dietary side. He wasn't doing my training. I had someone else do my training. Okay. And that was where I think uh, 
I don't think was that optimal. It was very high volume, right? And it got higher and higher volume as we got closer to the show, which was <laughs> complete disaster because I was flattening out so quick because I was yeah. doing. I think I was worked out. I was doing three hundred and fifty to four hundred reps a session at one point, six days a week. Holy um, shit! I just I was I was I was refeeding every Sunday, but I was flattening out by Wednesday. Yeah. And every single week it was happening. I think those those are the big mistakes because I think Adam nailed it nutritionally, and I couldn't really have brought better condition for my first season. Okay. Because I'd never been to that kind of position before, and I won the show, right? So. Oh, okay, epic! I uh, didn't know that. That's really yeah, I won the juniors that year, so. Ooh. Couldn't, and I, I wanted to go to the British, but I had a had a trip to Marbella already planned. What year was that, Akash? 2014. Okay, so you'd have met at the British, you'd have met Mike Perrin, who's now a DFAC pro. Oh, really? He yeah. won the juniors in 2014. You'd have also met, uh, let me think who was there, Christian Kerr, I think, came fourth. There were some good guys, I remember. Yeah, that was one of probably one of the best yeah. junior lineups. 2015 was pretty good as well but 20 yeah 2014 was was pretty decent it was a strong lineup so yeah, you'd have definitely contested though with your physique i imagine um so yeah so nutritionally it was all good um we didn't do anything really fancy and then it was more the training side of things that i changed a lot this year yeah um, it's essentially you don't unless you, like it's funny because some of the people in the assisted side of things um now we won't get into who was programming training, whether they were assisted or not assisted, whatever. But uh, they were natural, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Okay, cool. Good that you're honest about that. Um, because I've seen even people that are very highly knowledgeable, like the hypertrophy coach Joe Bennett. He's yeah. actually a fan of using uh, the weight, using your weight training, using your weight training sessions as calorie expenditure oh, tools. Uh, so yeah. at, at, at the end of the prep, his volume actually starts to increase, but. I think the only rationale behind him being able to do that is his higher recovery capabilities from being an assisted athlete. Mm. You know, his his um, rate of protein synthesis turnover is increased. He's actually, pr- and this is why I don't know whether you agree with this, Akash, but like, have you have you seen like some of the um, some of the IFBB pros, some of the bigger ones out there, like for example Jay Cutler and things like that yeah. in the past. He's talked about the fact that. By the end of his prep, he's actually on a lot more food than when he is in his off season, and and he's training with much higher volumes. It's like the complete opposite end of a natural diet. It's really really interesting to look at. But obviously, the main main thing for that is the fact that they're assisted, right? For sure, because you know muscle growth is all about having that big disparity between protein synthesis and protein breakdown. Yeah. And, and maintenance of muscle, right? Uh-huh. But if you're training with a really high volume, that breakdown is going to be so high that, you know, we just can't recover from it. Yeah. Um, so we need to manage that volume. And that was the biggest thing I changed this year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so essentially, would you say that your training for this second prep has been set up in a way that is the max amount of training that you can do and recover from? Yeah, that, I, mean, I, I pretty much belief? nailed it. I pretty much nailed it my training this year in terms of volume like towards the end the volume was pretty low it was about 10 to 12 sets of workout wow so you you're yeah. someone that actually doesn't need much volume or no, can't no, but recover I was putting so much into one one set though i was going okay every set was so like was high high intensity yeah it was high intensity yeah uh it was high intensity it was low volume i was training six days a week though for the last six weeks right okay 
but yeah, I just don't think I needed much more. I couldn't really, have, and it was, but it was taking me an hour and a half to complete it though. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of the rest periods, it was just taking up. You know, rest periods were so long. Yeah. So, are you are you a fan of? Um, have you ever followed approaches like dog crap training and things like that? Yeah, We've, I've done. I've run big cycles of that in the past. How have you found that, and what got you into that? Sort of like, how did you find out about dog crap training, and what do you think are the main positive sides of 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 training with that level of intensity that you see a lot of people not doing because they're I think a lot of people now would you agree are too heavily focused on pure volume and increasing yeah. volume over time as opposed to actually doing some intense work would you would you agree 100% um how did I get drawn to dog crap um I think it was the first exposure I had was I hired uh, Jordan Peters in 2013 oh, for like a for like a 12 months first 12 weeks stint Okay. Just for muscle growth. Yeah. And his was obviously the low volume approach. It wasn't dog crap, but it was that, you know, mm-hmm. one, two sets per body part. Um, and then I did a bit of Scott Stevenson's work. And and then we tried dog crap, um, me and a couple of training partners. And we just burned ourselves into the ground. <laughs> uh, so that, so for me, it's never been, if I go too high intensity, then I can't recover from it. Yeah. Uh, but if I go too low in intensity, then I get bored. So I need that kind of moderate approach. And the first thing, Derek, uh, my current coach, Derek Natcher, okay. so he's he's turned pro in the natural ranks and and then and then made the crossover to MPC. Okay. Yeah, cool. um, so he's done both. And um, what the first federation thing, was he pro in with the naturals? Do you not know? Maybe IFPA. I'm not sure. IFPA. That's pretty. That's that's a decent pro card to have. Um, but yeah, so he's he's got the experience of both and. Um, first thing he did was uh, lower my intensity in training. He said you're sticking yourself into a hole too much. Wow. Uh, you're, inti- you're going too high with the intensity that you just can't recover. So the first thing he did with my off-season, I, I trained with him for 18 months before we started prepping. So we had a good off-season together. Sure. Um, the first thing he did was to lower my intensity, and that was a big thing. And, was and my that, injury rate went down as well. Yeah, I imagine. So now was, that, was the lowering of intensity through – was that the fact that you were doing multiple sets at a high intensity, or was it literally the one set that you were like you were part yeah, of? It was, it was more it? the execution of the set I was doing. So, I don't know if you've read my blogs recently, but I've been talking about you know when you're doing a set, not breaking it up too much. In so terms say of you're doing rest a, pause. Yes, yeah. yeah. So say you're doing rest a, pause. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Say you're doing a set of ten on the squats. It's, it doesn't become like three, three, one, one, one. You know, you're it's taking like a five like minute ten, set. You're taking like 10 deep breaths at the top of every rep. You know, those kind of things. They dig into <laughs> your nervous that. system recovery so much. Yeah. Um, so it's the idea of trying to be a bit cleaner with your execution of sets. I think that's been huge in um, my recovery from day-to-day training. I don't, f- I don't feel I get as burnt out. Mm. And the recovery of my nervous system is much quicker. Because I remember you... in the past, I'd be doing breathing squats, for example. You know, the 20-rep squat with the Widowmaker. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'd... You know, you're going to pick a 10 RM and then go to 20. But after like five reps, I was already doing three three deep breaths. And then I'd be standing there for a good four or five minutes trying to complete the set. And it's great fun. But after that, I'm completely, you know, just dug myself in such a hole that I can't recover from it. So what would you say in terms of taking these sets, like the set that you're putting everything into, what would you say is the maximum amount of intra, intra intra set rest pause, sorry, intra... Yeah, no, intraset rest yeah, yeah, yeah. that you would use. And... Now I just do one, really. Okay, so one yeah, towards the end of yeah, the yeah. set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's something that definitely, definitely with my... It wasn't so much my 
it's because as soon as I switched to hack squats, I was able to produce a more consistent set yeah. without this giant rest. I think with more... I see it. I see it more often in free weight movements where the stability aspect comes yeah. into play. With that's where people seem to just have to rest because they're like, "Whoa, that rep was really, really wobbly. Yeah. I need to reset." And I so, got, yeah. I, I got a video from a client of mine of his squat, and it was like, I, I had him in his pro in his protocol. He had a top set where the goal was around about fifteen reps or fifteen plus. And he was extending it legit. He sent it across on WhatsApp. That guy was squatting for like three and a half minutes. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, mate, like the loading's too much. Like you're stopping at three reps. Like you're almost yeah. using a like a four or five RM for 15 reps. I mean, it's it blew my mind because I was like, how the fuck did you do that? Um because mental, because he's mental. But um it takes it takes a certain person to be able to do that. But I think you have to go through that, though. You have yeah, to do it. Yeah, to learn what intensity have to have is these, like. You have to have these periods of fuck-ups. So I think the reason why I really enjoy training... Pro- programming is my thing. The reason why I enjoy it so much is because I've done so many stupid things in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. You know, you kind of form... You start to form your own philosophy. Um, I, I bet the... Stunning mistakes. I bet the amount of clients that you get coming to you on too high intensity is quite minimal, though, right? No, yeah. You don't yeah, see it. Yeah, you don't see it often. Um interesting no i think that's a really i think that's i'm glad that we touched on that because i think that's that's a lot of people a lot of people will like to hear how you've learned in terms of programming and and training methods and uh, i know a lot of people that follow this podcast are interested in sort of like jordan peter's approach the lower volume approach higher intensity and the importance of intensity in training it's nice to sort of hear someone round that up and you know, we're like I said. You know, a lot of people have become slightly lost in the whole volume scenario um, and tend to forget that you know intensity does actually play a role. And definitely, I, mean, I think for natural bodybuilders, if you're not getting stronger over time in a wide variety of rep ranges, you're not going to make any progress. No, no. I mean, we've you've probably tried it, right? When you're just trying to pump and you follow those crazy volume workouts, but you don't really get much out of it. I don't find it enjoyable. Nah. You know, mate, like... There's no, I, there's nothing, there's no... Like, yesterday, for example, was a lower session for me, a leg session. And because I'm a week out, I had to reduce intensity. And I just... I matched volume, but intensity was far lower. There was nothing to failure. I fucking hated it. I yeah. found that one of the... Literally, I found that one of the hardest workouts of, of these, this entire prep to turn up and do. Because I didn't want to do it. I just sit. My adherence would be awful if someone told me, "AJ, you can't do your top set, um, and you can't, you know, you can't take air, you can't take anything close to failure. Yeah. You've just got to do this workout with these sets and reps with this volume, and that'll be enough to sort of hold on to muscle mass." I'd, I'd just be bored. I'd just be well, bored. I need some another, intensity. Brings you on to another point that your buy-in and your excitement to a program is is number one, right? Key, yeah. You've got to have the program that matches your personality. So if your personality likes, you know, those top sets, taking them away is going to affect your endurance. And it's going to affect your progress. So yeah. you need to have something that fires you up. But some people, that is volume. So yeah, some people, yeah. I will give them volume just because that's what fire them, fires them up. They want to do three different chest exercises, four sets each, and get I a great I find that pump. a lot with females. Yeah, they, they, they like want hella volume. Yeah, yeah. 
but if they enjoy it, that's what that's what they're going to get better results on. So. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, so moving back to this year, mate. Um, yeah. what was the decision behind this year not doing the finals? Um, and would you say that the point at which you got to the stage, did you feel like mentally and physically you couldn't ask yourself to do another eight weeks? Was it was it that, or was it more so sort of business lifestyle related? It was uh, so. It was a twenty week prep, twenty one week prep. That that wasn't the main thing. The the reason was I said to myself, I'm only gonna I'm only gonna do the British finals if I win um, win my class. So the interesting that, thing that is, though, it. mate, the guy that came, the guy that beat you won the whole thing. Yeah, I know. British. I know it's crazy, and you, and, and, and I, on the day it was close, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I think I I was I was leading at the pre-judging. Yeah. Um, and then I think I flattened out towards the end in the I, night show. Yeah. And I mean, he I, just blew up. Um, yeah. I think like, I mean he, he was a great athlete, right? He, he blew up in that in that night show, and I think I just flattened out. I don't think I ate enough in between the the um, the pre-judging and the night show. I think that's what happened. Yeah, I, I'm interested to hear your opinion on that. What do you think? of the idea of because a lot there's two different views on this on show day foods a lot of people think that you can't assimilate much of the carbohydrates that you're going to be eating on show day yeah but i'm a big believer in if your water intake is is sufficient you've got sufficient hydration status the carbohydrates that you eat on show day given they digest well i think they can make an impact yeah, I mean, I looking back, me look on the day. So Derek and I spoke about this a lot, and we both said that the night, the pre-judging repeated perfectly, but I just don't think I was full enough for the evening. And had we done it differently, we'd have done a bit more of a, a bigger load in between. Mm, um, yeah. And I was really conservative in between. And looking back, I know that that probably cost me. Yeah, uh, I think overall, in like looking through your peak, I think the way that you peaked is exactly how a natural bodybuilder should peak in terms of perfect, looking, yeah. yeah, looking at it from a almost you all. I think you were almost dipping into like a two week peak where so you what were we actually did is, raising yeah. food from like two weeks out. Yeah, so yeah. two weeks out, we kind of hit, I bottomed out in terms of weight. Nothing was moving, so then we slowly started your walking. Food was, your food was low, wasn't it? Yeah, it was low. I mean, yeah. I took myself to a, a really, really low place, which is good. Uh, it's fun, though, right? I bet that was fun. <laughs> then yeah. I slowly, we slowly walked the carbs up, so that it was almost like a recovery diet in two weeks, which is probably why I felt so mentally good because yeah. going into show day, I already had a week of you know on. You know, 60 grams of fat, 300 plus carbs. So I was feeling good going into the show. So after the show, I didn't need to make drastic food increases. We just carried on slowly increasing the food. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, and I think that helped me hugely mentally. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I think the problem was just uh, a bit too flat. And what I found is as we started walking the carbs up continuously, the, about a week after, I was looking better and better and better. Yeah. Especially my legs were filling out a lot more. Um, no. So... It's just one of those things. Right? Yeah. I, now, the re- so, so back to the thing about the British. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the first stipulation was um, win my class, and then also it was, t- it was starting to take away from business and yeah. life in general. And I just thought, you know, it's it's a good time now to to call it call it there. Yeah, and I know a lot of things. I, I mean, my assumption was that you'd probably be definitely be mentally strong enough given the fact that you yeah. could probably continue you could probably continue some element of a re- reverse and end up on 
you know, pretty high calories by the end of that and, and actually not have to dig as much as you ever had to. Like, the digging was done. You were lean enough. It's funny. Um, six weeks out from the British, I was still, um, I showed a weight, right? Peeled, yeah. yeah. Four, five, even, even four or five weeks out, I was looking at myself thinking, oh, should I just do it? And then, but then I had a trip to Toronto booked that came Stop up it. for business. So <laughs> it actually, it took it up and it, it mentally made me feel, okay, now it's, it's, there's no point in me even thinking about it because it's, it's gone. But yeah. up to that point, I was still thinking, I can still do it. I'm still, in, I'm still ready. How are you feeling mentally at that sort of like still hanging around, st- not mentally, how are you feeling physically still hanging around at stage weight, sort of a decent, so I, decent yeah, I held stage show. weight to five weeks after the show. Oh. Um, I was, yeah, I mean, I still have striated glutes then. I've still got feathers <coughs> in my triceps, uh, even at this stage. Uh, With multiple but I wasn't feeling good. I wasn't, I wasn't feeling good. I was always cold. Yeah. Uh, freezing cold. My I energy was tra- wasn't great. I was training. Wasn't really good either. Yeah. I was no drive, no drive in the gym. Yeah. Before, you're feeling shit, but you've got that show coming up. You, your drive is still hard, right? Yeah, yeah. You're feeling like shit, and you've got no show. You, you just, you're going through the motions, right? It's like, fuck it. Um, yeah. And then it wasn't until I increased my body weight a couple kilos, then I started feeling a lot better. Um, yeah, I think, then everything just changed. Then. I, th- I think then we're in agreement that the best approach post-show is to gain a kilo or two and then yeah, start 100%. reversing. Yeah, yeah, 100%. A bit just, of body weight and then get out of that danger zone and then yeah. and then and then carry on but but also this is this is guys this is with the preface that you are peeled because oh. <laughs> like if you if you're i see so many people step on stage and then they're like they put up like an instagram post of like a bicep vein and they're like this is not maintainable um i need to eat now and i'm like Oh, no, mate, like, you didn't even get that lean. Like, you could probably just, re- you'd probably actually be more beneficial reverse dieting because you've restricted your calories aggressively to get mildly contest lean. Yeah. And, and now you'd actually benefit from gaining weight steadily because you, you've basically just done a mini cut or you've ended up where a mini <laughs> cut and a cleanup should be. Um, but if, you, if you're peeled, peeled, um, then just getting those couple of kilos on initially four to like probably four to five pounds made you feel a bit better yeah it yeah. was it was actually so i was 71 71 on show day i think it was when i got to 74 i felt much better yeah yeah and then and then you can still you know you're still lean oh yeah and then you can make multiple shredded, food yeah. increases from there and you but you can actually you you can actually like look good and train hard which is what you want to do as a bodybuilder like you don't want to be in this like peeled state for ages and like just so you can post up on instagram oh i'm like a month two three months post show and i've still got this or i've still got that i think that's what a lot of people aspire to now and i must admit even i've thought about that i'm like what if i reverse really diligently (laughs) and i can say here i am a month post show still skinny and look and like can't even fill out a small primark t-shirt and the thing is though you have no life as well right if you do that yeah you Uh, have no life you've got to get back to your life right eat a burger eat a burger yeah i mean this year i tried to keep my life pretty much normal till about three weeks out and then it was just you know you know the last three weeks you can't really do much but until then, I pretty much lived a normal life, which I thought was really good, and I, especially mentally. Yeah. In the last three weeks, did you sort of taper off PT and work requirements just a little bit? I was still PT. Oh, right. Okay. I, cool. I was still doing it. Hey, work, work never stopped. Work never stopped. Okay. Yeah, yeah, never stopped. Um, I didn't. I didn't want it to affect that. Mm. Um, but just like so, more like social occasions, I just couldn't really. Ah, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and think I. I think I'd struggle. I think I'd struggle to like 
maintain a nine five job at the moment, I think I really would. Like unless yeah. I had a diligent routine, um, I I think I'd struggle in that environment. I think the fact that I'm primarily based online has been an absolute godsend this year because yeah. the last prep that I did, I was doing like hella PT, like too much PT, and trying to balance all of that. And oh, like I can remember some days just. <laughs> just so I so wanted to cry in front of clients. I remember I was seeing someone uh, about two weeks out, and all of a sudden my vision was blurry. I couldn't really, <laughs> see, I couldn't really see him properly. And I said to him, "Oh, just give me a moment." I, I knew I shouldn't be treading him. Right? It was just yeah, my no, energy wasn't there. I was just sitting on the side, like, "Yeah, do this, do that." Oh God! And then, yeah, it was tough, but you know, you just got to get on with it. Yeah, that's it. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I think we've gone through a really decent amount of stuff here. One thing that I would like to know, like, we've actually just, like, kind of hovered over my questions in a really cool way. Um, and we've pretty much covered everything that I wanted to cover. Now, what what I would say for you at the moment is, obviously, you're in an off-season. Um, a lot of people go into an off-season a bit blind. And, obviously, you know, you've been in that place where you've not really made much progress so yeah. you've learned from that and obviously going into this off season you won't replicate that now what are the goals so as a physique athlete we always look at ourselves and think okay i can improve this 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 and this yeah what do you need to improve to essentially get those few points in placings besides yeah. being fuller on the day and uh and next time next time you step on stage uh win and then win a british obviously that's the goal that's my aim is my next aim is to win the overall Yes. The yes, central yes. in two, three years time, yeah. <laughs> is that is that the goal? Two, three years central? Two, three count. years central overall. That's my goal. Yeah. Epic. So what improvements um, do you need to be made? Yeah, over, overall size I need. Um, I mean, my legs... Never, yeah, yeah I, mean, I just need overall size. Really. I mean, I spoke to, I think, Andrew Chappell, one of the yeah. judges, yeah. and he just said, uh, you know, you lost on size, really. Mm. If you have a couple more size, you know, you're pretty balanced. A bit more size in your legs, a bit more size overall is gonna, always going to help. Yeah. Uh, so it sounds a bit boring the answer, but I think you know overall just more size. I mean, I, when I spoke to Derek, he reckons five six pounds will make me more competitive for sure. Yeah, that would be that would be impressive for so, sure. Cause, we've you set know, five six pounds of three years, which sounds yeah, really boring, but <laughs> yeah, I think it's feasible. That is natural bodybuilding. I think it's feasible. I think it's definitely feasible. Um, so yeah, I mean one one question that I did have that came to, into my head earlier on in the, the in the podcast with. I've been asked a few times as well, um, and it's something that I've been trying to manage throughout my prep. I know that a lot of your energy expenditure was not only through steps, so step counting, but also through uh, outdoor walking and like going on power walks. Do you feel that that's something you'd keep in next time? Um, And do you feel that like the tapering of that in your final week? Yeah. Did that help fill out your quads? Do you feel like you were holding a lot of maybe um, sort of acute inflammation yeah. in that area, or do you feel like you dwindled them away a little bit with lots of expenditure? So, like, what was your opinions? I would have definitely done less steps. Yeah. Okay. Um, the step thing was more me. It wasn't my coach. He didn't okay. even know I was going out for these extra walks. Yeah. For me, it was just like, okay, I want to try and hit this goal, um, and I was. It was getting to the point where you know. It was 9 p.m. I was like eight, 17,000. I'll go for a walk now to hit 20. You know, I shouldn't have done that. Um, so I definitely did overdo it with the steps. I was doing 20,000 steps for six weeks straight. 
Yeah, and uh, and your cardio. Uh, on top of my morning cardio, which I was pushing hard. I wasn't I wasn't just going for a walk outside. I was you know, I was loading up on stim and then I'd set a goal and I'd I'd had the same playlist on and the same route every single day and I'd know exactly which checkpoints I'd hit. You know, it was like a it was like a training session every every cardio oh, session. Me, so mate. I think I overdid it with that as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you live you learn from that, right? Cushy, cushy. Um, um, so if I, I definitely backed off that for sure, mm. especially in the last few weeks, because it was only when I backed that down to about 15k in my during my reverse diet that my legs started filling out a bit more, and when I got down to 12k, they felt normal again. Yeah. See, I did you ever feel like your legs felt like they were holding on to like inflammation? Because I, I, I do a pretty like I've gone up to like 25k steps a day. And yeah. that's it. No extra stuff on top of that. No. And I've I've now tapered them back to twenty. As soon as I did that, my weight actually dropped, which is weird. Yeah. Um, and I, I I almost want to taper them back more. Um, yeah. but I'm like you. I'm like, like what do that's I do? Yeah. You get a bit. You get almost like step guilt when you don't do them. Um, <laughs> and like. I don't feel like my legs are inflamed. Did you ever feel like they were inflamed, or was it only when you started pulling back you were like, "Oh, okay, they might actually have been inflamed, and I didn't even know it." Uh, yeah, they always they were pretty separated towards the end. I don't think they were really holding on to much more. I think it was mm. more just they weren't filled out, yeah, as yeah. much as they could have been. Yeah. So I don't think they were holding inflammation. It was just more they just didn't have the rest that they they could have had. And when they were, when they were given it, they were like, "Whoa, quads yeah. came back." Yeah, that's something really interesting I noticed because the only times my quads have looked like like really cool has been post-show when I've done three days of pretty much like... Nothing. Nothing. And I'm yeah. like, oh shit, I actually look really good when I've had no option but to do under 5,000 steps. Sometimes rest is what your body needs, yeah, right? It's so it's hard, hard to back off mentally yeah. when you're... Yeah. I mean, you feel weird, right, when you're not hungry, or you feel weird when you're not tired during prep, right? You want to feel, I don't know, some of us, right? We want to feel shit during prep, right? Mate, I may as well, like, burn my Fitbit, and <laughs> burn my Fitbit five days yeah. out, and then just not have any accumulation of steps, and that's the way I should peak. <laughs> yeah, probably probably help you, you know? And then buy a new Fitbit afterwards. <laughs> I'm surprised you're still doing so many. How many steps are you doing right now? Uh, right now, I'm still doing... 20k a day um, um i'm surprised but, you, have, you haven't uh, tapered it down because i thought i would have thought you'd have been able to hold condition at a lower energy expenditure now yeah i mean but they were at 25k mate so they've okay. already been tapered by 5k and food has been coming up with that and um, okay. the reason why they've been sort of kept higher personally for myself is i i feel i i, I don't feel like that's a task for me at all like mm-hmm. hitting 20k steps because that comprises of like a, a sixty-minute walk in the morning. Uh, I then I it's just about three hours of walking, no? Yeah, well, no, no, I don't, I don't work it out as that. Maybe my Fitbit's a little bit inaccurate. Um, but I'm, yeah, I, I do like a sixty-minute walk in the morning, and then I accumulate some in the gym, and then I do like a twenty-minute walk in the evening, and that managed that that manages to get me to twenty k on my watch, okay. which is odd. Yeah. Um, but I don't like because I've done 25 20 feels like fuck all so yeah, but yeah. I do plan to taper them back to 15 slowly over the course of the week um, this week because obviously I'm P 
peeking to some. You peeking this week? Peeking yeah, this but but, but like I said, you know, I I wake up every morning, my legs look peeled. They look diced. Yeah, could yeah. They, could they be fuller? Probably. Could, yeah, yeah. Could yeah. I, I saw your picture this morning. Yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. Could, could I trust the process and make them fuller? Probably. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, I've just got to do it. You know, that's that's the thing. But that's a that's a big topic for like the whole like, and I've talked about it with Vicky before. Is like it's hard to stop. It's hard to back off. Some people find it really easy. Some people are like, oh, thank God, last cardio session. I'm like, I I could just keep doing this. Like yeah. it's just it's just ingrained in me to do this, and partly because I want it so badly, and that's where the overworking mentality comes in, right? It's because you gotta love the process, right? Mm, yeah. Anyway, I think that we'll we'll leave it there. It's been a good chat, both a little bit about me and my crazy steps, and uh, and your prep and learning more about yourself. It's been wicked. I hope people have learned a lot out of this. Um, before I let Akash plug himself and RNT a little bit, um, if you're listening on iTunes, then screenshot the <coughs> screenshot your phone, tag us both in it, tell us what you think, um, and that'll be wicked. If you're on YouTube, um, take a take an image now of us both. Give us give us a bicep flex, Akash. Oh, I'm in a, I'm in a hoodie. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's fine. I'm in a hoodie as well. Cool. We got that. Take an image of that and then tag us away. Let us know what you think. Put us on your Instagram stories um, and uh, share away with any friends that you think can learn from this. And then, yeah, Akash, have the floor. Tell people where to follow you on Instagram and talk a little bit potentially about RNT. I know that you've got some limited spots at the moment for coaching if anyone's interested and and who the type of people you you work with are. Okay, so on Instagram, you can find me on at Akash Fagela, so A-K-A-S-H-V-A-G-H-E-L-A. Cool. And the company Instagram is at RNT underscore fitness. Uh, we mainly target, you know, intermediate level trainees who are, you know, stuck, stuck in a plateau, spinning their wheels and looking to get to the next level. Uh, we've, we're running a launch right now. We've got, I think, as of now, 13 spots left until we close our doors. So if you want to work with uh, Adam Haley or I, and take your results to the next level, mm-hmm. you know where to find us. It's uh, rntfitness.co.uk. Cool. I'll make sure to have links below. Thank you Thank very you. much for your time, buddy. And I'm sure we'll chat soon. Thanks, guys, sure. for listening. And, uh, yeah, see you next in the next episode. Cool. Over and out.